Hi, I'm Lauren Hassan, and this is The Developer Show, a career development podcast for tech women by tech women. My guest today is Karen Catlin, a top advocate for tech women and former VP of Engineering in the office of the CTO at Adobe. In this episode, Karen and I are going to talk about her own career journey and how she learned to embrace public speaking as a powerful tool to help unlock opportunities and open doors in her career. We'll also get into how to talk about your work and accomplishments without feeling like you're bragging and how to overcome your inner critic when it comes to talking about what you do. Welcome to The Developer Show. Today, I'm very excited. We have my friend Karen Catlin here with us today. And Karen, in her first career, spent 25 years, that's 25 years building software products, first starting off as a software engineer and over time serving as vice president at not one, but two public software companies. Now, she is an advocate for women in the tech industry and coaches both women to be stronger leaders and men to be better allies for women. I personally got to know Karen through her work uh, that she's very passionate about in bringing more diversity to speaker lineups of tech industry events. She was teaching a public speaking course that I took called Confident Communicator, and she's also co-author of Present, A Techie's Guide to Public Speaking. Karen, welcome. So great to be here, Lauren. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It is so fantastic to have you here. I, I When I reached out to you, I was just crossing my fingers, hoping you'd agree. And I know that our listeners with the developer show uh, are looking forward to the, the open and candid conversation that, w- that we're having about top women like you, their careers, your lessons learned, and how how you got to where you are today. So with that, I know I gave the intro for you, but help us read between the lines in your career it, or give us your own take on how did you get to where you are today? Yes. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I spent 25 years in my first career building software products and I love making software. It's a great field. Um, certainly just scratched a number of itches for me and I um, really enjoyed that. But Towards um, the end of that 25-year career, I started realizing that, hey, wait a second, there used to be a lot more women in tech, and where did they all go? Um, there was a, there's been a decline in the number of female computer scientists since I got my degree back in the mid-80s, which I can't believe it was that far long ago. But anyway, there's been a decline in the number of women getting their computer science degrees, and there's been a decline overall in the women in the field of technology. So I started while I was still at Adobe Systems. I started our women's group. I started mentoring a lot of women. I started sponsoring different things like a speaker series for women, um, sponsoring a book club for women, just doing different things in addition to my work as a vice president, but doing things to help women feel that they could grow their career at Adobe and be successful there. And I absolutely love doing that to the point that um, about five years ago, I decided to do a pivot in my career and start the second one. And the second career is, as you mentioned earlier, I am now an advocate for women who are working in the tech industry. And that means I do 
a lot of coaching on general leadership skills, which um, is not just for executives. It's skills to help anybody be successful. And so I'm a coach for leadership skills. I do a lot of public speaking to hopefully share, you know, my story and inspire women to grow their careers in tech. And um, I coach a few men, too, on how to be better allies for women and other underrepresented people. Yeah, so that's sort of the, the reason why I got I started doing this is I, I saw this decline and I, I kind of wanted to get it back to how it used to be. You know, and I, I was looking at the numbers earlier today in an unrelated conversation, and it used to be that women were the majority of majors in computer science back in the 70s and 80s. And then I believe that percentage, and don't quote me on this, it's in the low teens now. Am I? Yes. Yeah. My So my research is a little bit different, but it definitely shows that same decline, Lauren. And my research um, shows that in 1985, there was a peak across the United States. And in 1985, 37% of the computer science degrees awarded went to women. And it's changed since then. It's dropped, as you said, to the teens, like the uh, it's in computer science and information science, those types of disciplines, it dropped to a low of about 17%. And it's starting to creep back up. It's really uh, great to see, but it's not at 37% yet. And certainly not at maybe 50-50, which would be absolutely awesome for um, for this field if we could get uh, our graduates to be 50% women, 50% men. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's certainly a great goal to strive for. And I think you and I are both working towards that same goal of getting more women into tech and then keeping them in tech. Exactly. And, and, and one of the things that is how we got to know each other is through you and your, your, your mission to get more tech women into public speaking. But mm-hmm. let's flip the tables. Uh, in your career, as you were going from software engineer and then growing into leadership roles at Adobe, did public speaking always come uh, naturally for you, or how did you get into public speaking? So, no, I am not a natural at public speaking. I wasn't born a public speaker or anything like that, and I definitely feel I had to learn how to do this. Um, you know, when I, I was in my first career building software products, I certainly had to do some public speaking. I had to present my work at team meetings, you know, as a software engineer. And as I moved to the executive level, I had to do public speaking in terms of running my all hands and speaking at some industry events and things like that. So I did some public speaking along the way, but oh my gosh, I don't think I was very good at it. I did not enjoy it. And I definitely got that stage fright that most people get. And so I pretty much would look for excuses why I couldn't accept that speaking opportunity or I wasn't the right person to give that presentation and someone else should give it. Um, If I could get out of it, I would. And that all changed on one day. There was an exact day I decided I had to embrace public speaking. And on that day, I had decided to had already decided to do this career pivot to my second career. And I was getting advice from a mentor about how to basically go around around building a business, being an advocate for women in tech and what that should look like. And we were on a walk and I was getting her advice about building the business. And at one point on the walk, she said to me, she said, Hey, Karen, do you do much public speaking? And oh my gosh, Lauren, I 
got super nervous when she asked that question. And inside my head, kind of the soundtrack started, the soundtrack of, no, Karen, you don't do public speaking. No, Karen, you're not good at public speaking. No, you're not going to do more. No, 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 no. It's just like this imposter syndrome soundtrack saying that I was not a public speaker. And fortunately, I kind of just kept all those thoughts inside my head. And I started thinking about why is she asking me, Karen, do you do much public speaking? And I realized that the reason she was asking is because public speaking could be the key to unlocking this new business. It could be the way that I could share my perspective about being a woman in tech myself, as well as attracting clients for my coaching business when it comes right down to it. And so I realized that, oh my gosh, I probably need to start doing more public speaking. And so instead of answering her question with a no, 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 no soundtrack that was going on in my head, I simply said, you know, I need to do more of it. And that was probably a little over four years ago now. And I set a goal for myself at that time to speak in public once a month. I just knew I had to set a goal. I needed to have just more exposure to it and almost have it like be like shock therapy to just like get through it and start um, doing more public speaking. So I set this goal and I started telling everyone I knew, hey, I have a goal to speak in public once a month. This is These are the topics I want to speak about. Let me know if you hear of anything. And that led to a lot of opportunities where I started speaking at meetups or on panels and so forth. And, um, and I'm pretty proud to say that since that time where I set that goal to speak in public once a month, I've pretty much hit it. In fact, I think my busiest was like six or seven times. And I've even given a TEDx talk in that time too. So all of that's happened. And as a result, I now love public speaking, which I almost can't <laughs> believe I'm saying, but I love it. And I'm kind of a geek on public speaking now. Um, I love talking about it. I love um, helping other people learn the craft. And as you know, I co-authored a book on it, Present a Techie's Guide to Public Speaking. So I, I love public speaking. And it's it's been amazing for what I'm trying to do now. There, there's so many awesome nuggets in there. Number one, here you are VP level and your, your inner critic and imposter syndrome comes, comes to the surface and says no. So it, it's almost like it, it, it doesn't care what level you are in your career. It's still there. But you also did something that was really critical, which is you overcame that inner critic and imposter syndrome by acknowledging that it's there standing with it and then moving on. And what you did is you set a small goal and you just consistently hit those goals. And then you told people about it to pull mm-hmm. you along. And so you, you pulled yourself through the public speaking, which set you up for success in your career, but you also overcame that imposter syndrome and that inner critic all at the same time. And I think that that's so powerful for our listeners to hear that, like, it's not that you're one or two years in or that you're mid-level in your career. This happens at every level of the career, right? Yes. Yes. And so now you said something when you and I were talking uh, through the course is that you recommend public speaking to women who are growing and advancing their careers as a multivitamin for their career. So you talk about how you work with women to develop their leadership skills through public speaking. 
Yes, it's one important aspect. It's a tool in the toolbox when it comes right down to it, or a multivitamin in you know our nutrition. And it is something that helps unlock opportunities. It opens doors. When we speak in public, we're able to share our expertise and we're able to talk about our work that we're doing, whatever it is, or our background or a cause we care about. We're able to talk about it in a way that is very genuine and a um, and educational almost. We're teaching other people about what we've already learned. And because of that approach, other people take notice and they might see us as having expertise or experience that they might not otherwise even know we had. And so it's basically elevating and becoming more visible um, and highlighting your experience and background so that other people know what doors they can open for you um, that they might not otherwise know you know, the real you or the, what you're capable of and what you've been working on. So that's sort of the, the bottom line there. It, it just, it opens up doors that you might not even know exist, but will open because you have spoken in public and you've increased your visibility. You know, and I've seen that, I cannot agree more with that because <laughs> I've seen that in my own career where I went out and I, I agreed to a, a speaking engagement. First, it was just showing up on a panel. The next thing you know, it's judging. Next thing, it's a lightning talk. Next thing you know, it's a keynote. And every time I would show up right before, I'd think, what was I thinking? But I, I agreed to it, and then I didn't think about it. And, I, and of course, I prepared. And then I'd show up, and I'm, I have this moment, like, were you, were you nuts? Like, what were you thinking? And then I did it. <laughs> And it, it builds over time, and the the traction and the visibility I got because of it has been the single biggest influencer in my career. You are absolutely right. Uh, I'm so cl- so glad to hear that you've had that experience too. Yes. And, and, and the other part of it is it's not just overcoming your inner critic, but it also it gets you noticed, right? And one of the other things that you and I've talked about is owning your accomplishments. And that's the other side of speaking. It's not always public speaking, but it's how to talk about yourself in those one-on-one meetings. It's in those group meetings. And I know that you also talk about that. Uh, can you talk uh, share a little more about how you work with women on getting noticed? And it's not just enough to do good work. Yes. And that, I want to build on what you just said. It's not just about doing good work. You have to um, not just stay heads down and do good work, but also make sure people know what you are working on and what you are doing. And even if that's not through public speaking, I do work with my clients on making sure that they can talk about their work in terms of the impact it has on the business. And it's not always clear. Like if you think about writing your resume or which I know you have a lot of experience in, Lauren. Um, but writing writing resume, or even talking about maybe uh, writing your self appraisal um, that you have to submit to your manager or something, we often are very comfortable talking about. Well, here's the project I worked on. Here's here's my contribution to that project. We can talk about the work we've done very easily. Less easily is what is really important to do is talk about the impact on the business. Um, Let me give you an example of this. Um, Let's imagine that you had an, uh, an intern who was working for you and your intern, since you're, have this podcast now, your intern, you ask your interns, like, go find 10 people who can be guests on my podcast this summer while you're interning for me. 
And so the intern might ask a few questions and so forth, but then they'll go out and find a bunch of people for you to have on your podcast. Now, what you really want that intern to do, though, is ask, well, what will... What does success look like? Is it really that we're going to have exactly 10 guests? Or why are you really want to have 10 guests? You know, what's really the impact of having 10 guests on your show? Um, and so you might start saying, well, with 10 guests, I think that's the right number for me to double, you know, every month double my followers, my viewers on my podcast or some other goal that you might have, right? But you probably have a business goal in mind and the intern doesn't even know what that is. But if they ask, then you can connect the dots and they might be able to find better guests for you who are going to help you achieve that business goal, right? So that's what I mean about the business impact is asking those questions of what does success look like? What's going to be different about the business when I do this project, when I deliver this work? Um, and then if you ask that question and you, know, you might be able to better do your job, but then you also can then talk about your work after the fact in terms of not just, you know, think of that intern again, not just I got 10 guests for this podcast, but I helped double the um, number of viewers on that podcast every month during the summer via having the right guests come on board, right? So you can talk about your work in a different way, um, which frankly will help you land that next job and so forth, right? So um, that's I'm a big believer in trying to identify those impacts, the business impact while you're working on a project and not try to have to go back and, you know, un unravel it and try to remember what exactly was the business impact for something we're doing. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yes. Yes. You, you strike on two hot, hot topics for me, which is one, how do you really add value to an organization? And then how do you talk about yourself? Because those are two really difficult things for, for women, especially talking about yourself. And when I talk about how do you negotiate, how do you add value, how do you deliver on that, I always say ask diagnostic questions to get at the why or get at the real pain yeah. because you get hired because there's a pain in the business. You don't get hired to do tasks. The tasks are there because there's a business need. And if you can ask the questions to understand why you're doing something, then you're going to get at the real motivation, which then translates into when you have to talk about what you did, you don't say, I lined up, using your example, 10 guests, you said, I lined up the, the industry experts who shared the stories that needed to be told that built an audience. Yes, and th exactly. Th that's the difference. That's the resume writer and me writing a line on the spot going, I lined up 10 guests or I, I built an audience. And one, one is just something that may get you noticed. One will get you hired for your next gig. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Yes. And I also think that it is easier, well, it's easier to be very factual and brag using the facts rather than brag using some other um, adjectives. Let me tell you a little bit more about why I think this is important and what I'm talking about here. For women, we are not expected to be too braggy. Um, and in fact, we are, we suffer a likability penalty if we brag too much or talk about how awesome we are too much. So we, but we still at the same time have to be talking about how awesome we are so that yes. we get ahead and get noticed, right? So it's this double bind of, you know, we're kind of damned if we do and been bragging and damned if we don't, if we're too modest and we don't talk about our work. And I believe that when you start talking more about the business impact, the facts, the metrics, you're not bragging as much. Um, you know, let's say that you are in sales and you 
might, you know, on one hand say, you know, I was responsible for landing these amazing clients uh, that, you know, helped grow the business or something. Um, But if you can say very factually, because of my sales efforts, I doubled the the revenue for this product line in in a year. Um, You know, it's, it's very factual and it's not saying you're not, you're not saying I'm the best ever. It's just this is the impact of the work I have. And I think it's a very appropriate and genuine and powerful way for women to talk about their work. And it makes for fantastic copy on LinkedIn and on your resume <laughs> because the resume writer in me is going, yes, 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 qualify and quantify and answer the question, so what? Mm-hmm. And that makes it so powerful. Now, what what about for people who don't quite have those facts there? How do they how do they bring other voices into the conversation to share about their work? Yes. And this is something I will coach women on when they are going and prepping for interviews is exactly what you just said. Bring other people's voices into the conversation. So if someone in an interview asks you a question, um, you can answer not by saying, well, here's, you know, you know, tell me why you're a good software engineer. Let's just say that's the question. Well, you could start saying, well, I'm a good software engineer because I know these different technologies and this is what I've done, blah, blah, blah. Or you can say, well, let me tell you what my manager said about me in my last review and then blah, blah, blah. So that's bringing someone else's voice into the conversation. Have that person almost brag on your behalf, even though they're not even in the room. You just can quote them and refer to them. And it's, again, a very genuine way to do that. You know, and it, it, it never... It never gets easy, but it does get easier with time. At least that, that, that's what my own experience says. And I know for me, I, I go through and I read my resume. I don't pull it out very often, only if I'm on a job hunt. And I read my latest one and I go, I almost don't recognize that person because the person I feel versus the person on paper, I feel like there's a disconnect. But I read it and I go, yeah, that is, that is factual. Um, and I did do all those things, but there's this emotional disconnect and I know you had a similar story in writing your own bio. Uh, and, you know, I, it was just so powerful that I have to close with you sharing that because, Karen, look, you were, you were in the office of the CTO at Adobe, which is a huge accomplishment. And yet when you sat down to write your bio, what happened? Yeah, so I, I didn't want to own that for whatever reason. Um, I... I I struggled, you know, I I definitely could say I was a vice president in the CTO's office at Adobe. I definitely did that. And I definitely talked about, you know, I used to be a former tech executive and now I'm doing this. And it was kind of just very factual and a little bit boring even. Um, And so what happened and why I now say that after spending 25 years building software products, I am now an advocate for women in tech. Um, that whole phrase of after bu- spending 25 years building software products is something that took me years to get to. And the way I got to it finally is I found myself listening to some podcasts where it was a, a venture capital firm interviewing um, mostly young men, very brash young men in their portfolio companies. And after hearing just one or two of these men talk about themselves in terms of, and they would just weave it into the conversation. They would say things like, well, after spending five years here in Silicon Valley, let me tell you what I've learned. Right. You know, and it's like, 
Oh, you are, you've hardly even been around the block and look at you, Mr. Expert. So then I was like, well, I certainly can, can, can own this too. And talk about, you know, after spending 25 years building software products, this is what I'm doing now. Um, and I must admit the imposter syndrome again, I'm like, as I first came up with that and I was like, I think I was on a walk and I was thinking about, could I do that? And then I'm thinking, oh, does that make me sound too old? You know, like I kind of kind of look at it from all these different angles. And I remember asking Pornima, our good friend and my co-author, um, hey Pornima, what do you think of this? You know, could I can I say this and does it make me sound old? And she's like, No, I love it. And so she gave me the the reinforcement I needed, and now that's what it is. I that's that's my byline. And you know, when I read it, I just go, Yeah, I expect this. I, I mean, I don't even. I don't even question it one bit because I know you and I know how qualified you are and how accomplished you are that it it doesn't even cross my mind that you would have ever put any thought into that. And I think it's so powerful for other women to hear, look, even at this level, even when you're embarking on your second career, you're still facing these things. Yes. Yes. So Karen, this was fantastic. We touched on so many great things, imposter syndrome, talking uh, public speaking, how to talk about yourself, a little bit of resume writing, which strikes close to home for me. And I know you've got your book out there. Uh, people can go to my website, subscribe, and get the developer Rolodex. And it's on my Rolodex. It is one of my top recommended reading books. In fact, you shouldn't read it. You should study it. Uh, Karen, what else are you up to? Yeah, what else am I up to? I am... Uh definitely doing a lot of coaching, which I love helping women who are working in tech. And I have some speaking coming up too. I will be at the Grace Hopper Celebration in Orlando, Florida in early October, 2017. And Pornima and I will be co-teaching two workshops on negotiation skills. And uh, can't wait to to get there. So if any of your listeners are going to be at Grace Hopper, please have them stop by our workshop and say hello and tell us that they heard us, heard me speak on your podcast. And I, I would just love to meet them if that works out. Fantastic. Well, Pornima and Karen, Pornima will be on a later episode of ours and Karen uh, are a must see at Grace Hopper there. You guys are there almost every year teaching on a hot topic. So please go check it out and go get the book present a techies guide to public speaking. Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. Lauren, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to our mailing list to receive updates on new episodes and other fun goodies. And until the next episode, make today better than good.